Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, as always, and today is episode 36. And we are very excited and fortunate to have uh, State Rep Graham Filler on the show today. Uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is definitely going to be the most interesting podcast I jump on this week, so I'm excited. <laughs> nice, nice. That's good to hear. Uh, and uh, Tom Beller, as always, up at Real Leaf. Tom, what's uh, what's happening? How's the weather up there? It's, it's beautiful down here. <clears throat> I haven't been out of the cave all day, man. It's been a hectic oh, yeah. week on the farm, so... Uh, I imagine it's really nice. We're going to find out after the podcast. <laughs> All right, yeah. I have to put a window in that office. Uh, yeah. No, and then, Thinking uh, about it. Yeah, Kevin over at True Cannabis. Uh, how's it going, Kevin? Down in Lansing with me? Got to bet a little bit of bit hectic, but uh, glad to be back on the show. Glad to have uh, Rep Filler on the show today. I'm excited to, to get into it and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and chat it up about uh, some things in the legislati- uh, legislation awesome. right now. Awesome, thanks. So I know Rep Filler has a has a busy schedule, and this is a hard out at one ten. So we're gonna I'm gonna jump right into it. I uh, actually met Rep Filler the first time uh, a few years back at uh, my buddy Michael Patwell uh, um, asked me to come up to a fundraiser at his house, and I always go to Mike's fundraisers because they're fun, and uh, I always want to support them. And I heard uh, heard you speak, and uh, you know you it was it was refreshing, uh, youthful, uh, ca- uh, charismatic, and even the old uh, Clinton County Sheriff he was charismatic too. So that was a good time. But uh, um, after that, uh, I learned more more about you. Um, he's a st- uh, state rep for District 93, 2019 Freshman of the Year, and then um, it was at the banking uh, MICA banking day. I had the pleasure of sitting next to you at a table. And then, of course, last year at the MICIA Summer Annual, uh, the one event that we were you know, really able to do, and it was uh, nice and safe, but uh, you were up there with uh, you know, other Rep. Robbie, and it was a great representation. We really appreciate all of the support and, and coming up there, and we definitely hope you're going to uh, join us again. Um, besides that, uh, Rep. Filler's been really active in the, in the Clean Slate Act. He's been really active helping uh, great cannabis policy in Michigan, working across the aisle. Um, which I was laughing about talking to some people earlier today. Like, that's like something that we say, like, that's great. Someone works across the aisle. They work with people. Uh, they actually use Tom, you know, like that's like rare now. So, but besides that, I know you, I've seen you online. You got your own podcast live stream. You do, you're doing a restaurant tour in your district, but I'll yep. shut up now. And I'd love to hear about uh, a little bit more about your rep filler, uh, your background. And then uh, we'd, the, for the podcast listeners, mostly marijuana business owners, and uh, they, they'd like to hear about, you know, the Clean Slate Act, criminal justice reform, and, and your views on the cannabis policy. Ryan, that, that was a pretty extensive introduction. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I'm, I'm not sure I have much more to say, but I want to give you some credit and also the cannabis community some credit for um, getting active in the legislature and getting comfortable and just, just sort of talking openly. Cannabis policy is not Republican or Dem policy, right? It's it's just like state policy now. And the um, the legalization changed, I, I, I think really changed everything and spoke to how people were treating cannabis in reality. So it sort of brought reality 
and then policy caught up with reality, which is, I mean, I went to school in the 90s, right? Don't you remember that that anti-cannabis commercial about uh, the person sinking into their sofa? Yeah, yeah. We always wanted to find that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny right there. So uh, just, to, just to see the change in our society and... Uh, just you wanted some background, but I'm going to give you some way, way background. My father is a man named Lewis Filler. Lewis is my name also, but I go by my middle name, Graham. And he wrote about people called muckrakers. Does anyone on this call, you guys know what muckrakers are, right? People who sort of root out, uh, I don't know, corruption, inequalities, bad laws, monopolies. Um, and, and so he writes this book in years and years ago. And it becomes sort of like the gold standard for biography of muckrakers. And I really took that deep in, you know, I not only did I grow up, grow up about it, so he tells me about it, but um, right now there needs to be some muckraking and some reforms and some very honest conversations about cannabis policy and what it looks like in the state of Michigan. And I remember saying, so justice reform was, I think it was our in a little bit to talk about, all right, so the laws have changed, the attitude has changed, our understanding of cannabis has changed. Um, can our justice system catch up a little bit? And there's actually a great story about how that justice, uh, the justice reform marijuana bill came to be. We had originally written one that was good. And then a man named Isaac Robinson, Rep. Isaac Robinson, who since passed of COVID, just a wonderful human being, very uh, dynamic, and um, sometimes all over the place, he came up to me and he said, the attorney general and I have a better way of cannabis uh, expungement. It's gonna be expedited, the prosecutors are on board, it will be easy for them to push back against really bad actors um, with the thought that most people, you know, they'll say, okay, I get to file that instant uh, uh, use or possession misdemeanor expungement form. If nobody objects, it goes through. What a great way to get people moving towards jobs, right? Education, um, spend more time in their community with their families. So um, that was our in though. And sometimes when you ask the hard question that's never been asked before, you get interesting answers. And I think almost the entire legislature voted in favor of that marijuana bill, which is just fascinating to see how far that conversation has changed, Ryan. Um, I mean, cannabis wasn't even legal, you know, medicinal, right? And now all of a sudden people seem to really understand what was going on. So that was a really fascinating sort of test balloon for talking to the legislature about cannabis. And Ryan, I, I will say there are multiple Republicans out there and, you know, I, I serve in the Republican caucus, right? But um, multiple Republicans leading are trying to have a really good conversation about cannabis. Um, and one of the things I said when I was up at MICIA uh, conference was, you should treat cannabis like any other industry. We're conservatives. We're supposed to be, pro you know, proportional laws, um, not heavy government burden on especially small businesses. Um, and so, you know, don't don't cackle and say, haha, another vice tax. You know, let's use the the marijuana industry as I called it a vice cow. Um, Thank you. Uh, and, and, you know, let's let's be realistic, treat it like an economy we want to see do really well in the state of Michigan, root out the bad actors and, um, you know, let the market demand run the show, which is what conservatives are supposed to be doing. So 
that's really a background of where I come from. Uh, I was an assistant attorney general before I came here. And honestly, my focus was on fair proportional laws and it hasn't changed at all since I came to the legislature. So that's where I sit now. But I mean, I'm fascinated with questions. The expungement was a win. You know what, Ryan, I did want to mention this. Um, and my judiciary advisor told me to mention uh, that bill goes live in the Michigan law coming up in April here. April 11th, and, April 11th. We're excited. And that will have instant impact. And I think there will be a large amount of people attempting to take advantage of it um, and eligible. And so there is a form, uh, I think SCAO, the Supreme Court is working on an improved form to reference the changes in law. And so I think we're going to have that available in the next couple of weeks for review and just make sure it makes sense, right? Uh, but I don't know, Ryan, are, are you talking to people? Are people going to access this? Yeah, for sure. Actually, something that uh, we're, we just started announcing, uh, my, my Redemption Foundation and uh, um, also uh, Sons and Daughters United, we've, uh, we're teaming up with Barton Morris Law Firm, Covert Law, a couple in Southwest Michigan, and we've, we've been raising money from marijuana businesses, and the, the lawyers are doing it at discounted rates, and we have forms. Anybody that wants to get signed up, we're already getting a lot of interest. We're going to make sure they're fingerprinted. With COVID, it's been tougher to get people fingerprinted, depending on what county you're in. Um, so just we have people there to help. So we're real excited about it. It's a, it's a huge deal. It's a big step forward. And so much changed since since you've been in 2019. You know, we were our civil asset forfeiture law, which some of us on here have really really got affected by um uh it was was the worst in the country you got you know you helped get that changed as well so it's just you know when when 2019 rolled in it's been like a, a different world for us um for sure I, I give a lot of credit ryan not just to you robin schneider um other folks who have been leading um just at changing the conversation i mean uh, you know, I came in and I sort of quarterbacked things through, but there had been a lot of work put in by the cannabis community, by the um, sort of the libertarian community. You know, we're, I'm, I serve in the conservative caucus, but we have a libertarian bent and it's become more pronounced in the last five, 10 years. And so some of the, you know, the Mackinac Center, just calling out sort of these practices or issues that existed for a long time and putting some truth behind them. Uh, yeah. And nationally, we've uh, I've one of my, our guests on the show, Will and Angelos, we, and we've I've had a little talks with them. The Koch brothers are really leading the charge right now, which is awesome. You know, leading libertarian type stuff. So exciting times! It's great to get that support. Yeah, and expungement. I know you're going to talk about, or I, I know people know this, but it's not the silver bullet, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the end all and be all, but it's part of the equation. When we talk about an individual maybe trying to get insurance for a small business and all of a sudden it gets turned down because they had to click the, you know, does have a misdemeanor on their record. All of a sudden they can clean that up publicly. They get insurance, the small business thrives, right? So it, they still, you know, got to make money. They still got to have a product, but it's just part of the process. And I think it's a big one, especially in the cannabis world. Hey, Rep Filler, this is Kevin Pibus over at True Cannabis. Um, you know, when I, came, uh, I lived in Michigan, I grew up in Michigan, moved to Colorado uh, and moved back to Michigan in 2014 and started working on legislative issues uh, in regards to regulating marijuana. <clears throat> and one of the things that really took me back when I got involved um, was how much uh, influence uh, 
you know, big business has on politics. You're a new guy um, to to this process. Um, how how what have you seen when you when when you've tried to 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 influence things? Is it is it difficult to try to have your voice heard in a in a big party um, when you when you're in caucus and trying to to make some changes? You talked about mudrakers and and, and whatnot. Um, it's it seems like. Um, you know, for for 60 years we've had 60 plus years we've had um, this hypocrisy against marijuana. Uh, you know, I just it baffles me. We've talked about this before, uh, Ryan and, and Tom and I have uh, about how it perpetuated so long the 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 the, the mistruth uh, in regards to marijuana and and, and its medicinal value. Uh, what makes what, what do you think made it so long, and, and what was the change that 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 really made things start to move in a different direction? You know, I guess the one thing I would talk about, especially when it comes to the justice system, is you have a entirely new breed of legislators in the past five, 10 years, both on the Republican side and the Dem side, who are saying things like proportional laws. Um, you know, maybe we actually save money and make our society better by diverting people to second chance courts instead of lock them up and throw away the key, which was always the sexy, you know, hold the press conference and you're hammering a new a new kind of offender. And also this, you know, there's people who were very upset with and want to be behind bars and are dangerous. You talk about violent assaultive crimes. Um, and then there's people or actions that, that don't reach that, victimless crimes. And so uh, just a change in how you view the justice system. And I also believe the proof is in the pudding. I mean, uh, if cannabis was as bad as that individual um, so, uh, soaking into the into the carpet and the couch back in the 90s and had ruined generations of people or had caused all these remarkable issues like a like a tobacco when they eventually found that it, you know, it does cause cancer, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And so um, we as a society apparently are doing OK in 2021. And, uh, you know, marijuana has not hampered us from surviving and thriving. And so I, I, I think that finally caught up to this. Oh, you know, I guess you know, this is just part of society and now it's legal. And so let's do what we should do uh, and make good laws around it. I love that. One of the um, we talk about, uh, you know, the new legislatures We're we've been uh, and a lot of us, uh, well, my, me personally, I, I've been only voting for marijuana uh, uh, policy for the last 10 years of my life. That's it. That's the only people I support. And that's it. Uh, because, you know, we had to. You said we were engaged, but we talked about this on the show in 2010 when Ro Robin and I uh, started hitting it uh, and, and some of the others. Uh, only Jeff Irwin would talk to us and Virg Bonero. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And then, you know, yeah. and, and Who are then you? We, oh, you're in the office. Oh, you know what? You got to go. <laughs> yeah, it was. Go. It, then we, then we got in with about that. We got in with Durr Hall and Cushenberry. And then uh, early on, really influential. One of my I've become really good friends. And he's one of the uh, he's the vice president of my uh, of my foundation is uh, Dennis Shornack really uh, uh, befriended me in 2010. We met with him and Richard McClellan and they. They said you got to get a Republican on board. So we we searched, we searched, and we ended up finding a Mike Mike uh, um, uh, Colton. 
Colton, yeah, and we had fundraisers and Colton, you know, Colton's no longer there, but yeah, it was it was interesting, uh, and so see the progression from the Ireland Meekoffs and and all that to you guys has been has been really cool. Um, but uh, besides that, you talked about uh, cannabis being this cash cow, and like we're right now, like we're being. Uh, we, we can't use banks um, like you know we can't uh, um, we don't have regular rules uh, we're we don't ask for tax incentives like big developers we put all you know we're doing everything employing and and like we're being asked to um, you know basically also fix social justice too so like we are like this this huge cow like cash thing which meanwhile we have 280 in tax and it's it's tough so um you know, I, I guess like uh, I'm just vetting a little bit. You mentioned it, but what what are you uh, what, what are you hearing as far as at a state and maybe a national level as us getting some Safe Banking Act and some 280 tax return stuff? Yeah, that's a big dream, right? Especially the banking, and and I'm not as familiar with the returns, and so maybe that's uh, something I've got to learn about going forward. The banking is the the monster, and when you talk about additional uh, burdens or um, costs heaped upon an industry, no conservative would support that, right? But this has a different history. And so eventually, eventually it will change. I serve in the, in the house in Michigan, not in the house in Congress. And so, yeah. but it, it does lead me to my next, which is, you know, find champions, right? And they've got to be out there, find people who understand it. And um, I, I, it's not that I stumbled into it. It just made sense to me. And, um, when I got to know the cannabis expungement, some of the business things they were working on, just made sense to me as a conservative um, to to treat businesses proportionally. And that was the start of it. And to understand that if we do, then you get bad actors out and then public safety goes up and then you know tax revenue goes up and small businesses benefit. So um, find champions. Uh, it's gonna be, you know, we're all waiting on the feds to change the banking, right? And mm -hmm. I don't have any sort of insight on that. Um, I, it looks like I do have to go soon. I did want to mention curbside. Um, okay. I, I believe there were some changes in, in allowing curbside during uh, COVID. Yes. And I, I guess I'd like to see them expanded or continued in some manner. I think there was support, not just in the marijuana community, but probably in the small business community for that. Yeah, and 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 real quick, like why drive through? Like we in the, the sixteen law, we not allowed drive through. Like my, we can go get opiates, and people like my dad has uh, lost one of his legs. Like he gets cannabis, so like he's, he can't go through a drive through to get marijuana, but he can, you know, he's off right. opiates. So, anyways, I know you got to go, rep filler. I think Kevin, uh, Tom wanted to say something real quick, and then. Oh yeah, I just wanted to talk about really quick about. Um you know, unnecessary regulation. You mentioned something to the, the extent of uh, not knowing the actual costs, um, but it's upward of 70% taxation to it uh, at some levels uh, we've seen um, as, to operate as a small business. So I just want to see everyone nonpartisan, you know, champion small business because the way things are going until we make those changes, you're, you're only going to see the larger players survive as, as it comes to being able to deal with that. And also we are considered farms technically. And I know that you're a champion of, um, you know, unnecessary regulation of farms. And uh, I think that we would love to have a conversation about that because there are things that we believe we could streamline this process and, you know, save more of that taxable money 
for things that matter and and helping people instead of having it just get into the system and just perpetuate more regulation and things of that nature so and thank you for joining us it's really great to to have you here and we'd like to have you back yeah guys i appreciate it so much i just want to say you're doing right here right this is this is the way to go which is uh, informing everybody making people comfortable um learning to get away from because the old talking points are kind of dead it's it's on to new talking points which is how we exist in the legislature you know we've got so many issues you know give me the top 10 support small businesses don't overtax an industry right um Mm -hmm. individual freedoms okay great you got me right and you got a lot of my (laughs) compatriots too so um thank you so much for having me on uh i guess i'll click the hang up button but if anybody ever has any specific questions um, I'll give you my cell phone, honestly, unless Ryan, you don't want to, but I take text right. messages. I take calls, you know, go for it. Yeah, no, it's right. awesome. It's, it's 517-927-0785. I ran on a concept of transparency and I don't see any reason to change that now. Um, and you can also look me up online and email the office. We get back to you all the time, but I'm, I'm really fascinated and, and find other champions, you know, in the legislature. I think that'll be great for the industry. Um, but thanks again for having me, okay? Thanks Thank so much you. for being on. Yep. Look okay, forward thanks to seeing you at least uh, up north. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got to put that on the calendar. Okay, <laughs> yes. see you guys. See ya. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.